0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Hero Worship podcast. My name is Troy Kennedy, and this podcast is meant to be an accompaniment to the book Hero Worship, A 12-Week Journey to Become More Like Jesus. And uh, I'm so glad you've been joining with me on this journey. We are in our fourth week here as we go through this exploration of what it is to follow Jesus in the most practical ways. How do we walk in imitation of the Savior, but for all the right reasons? Right? And we're not trying to score points with God. We're not trying to manipulate anything with God. What we're trying to do is because we love and admire Jesus, we want to be more like him. We want to get close to him. We want to intentionally come before him and carve out space in our lives where we're saying, here I am. Change me, rewire me, recalibrate me from the inside out. I'm here because I'm your disciple right? And uh, Dallas Willard used to say that a disciple of Jesus is someone, um, is an apprentice of Jesus, learning to live life in his kingdom as if he were in your shoes. And that's not to say that we do everything, we live in first century Palestine just the way Jesus did, but what we're saying is, in what manner would Jesus live the life that I'm living right now? In what manner would he be a policeman? Would he be a teacher? Would he be a parent? Would he be a neighbor? Would he be the guy who's working out on the bench next to you at the gym? In what manner and what posture, what perspective, what attitude would Jesus bring to the table at all the normal situations that you and I find ourselves in? And so we have this hero worship journey where we're saying we want God to wire us and rewire us from the inside out so that we become the kind of people who intuitively do what love requires. So this last week, uh, we went through this idea, this Jesus new scripture. This sounds kind of obvious, but what we discovered was Jesus new scripture in, in an encyclopedic way, and he was the author of scripture. When you go to that passage, the first chapter in first Peter, we just see how it's the spirit of Christ that inspired the writers in the Old Covenant scriptures to look forward to the coming Messiah. And that Jesus then says, I will send the Holy Spirit out to everyone. He will indwell everyone. And he will then, he will inspire these New Testament apostles to write about me, this message that was spoken by me to the prophets of the Old Testament. So we see Jesus is permeating everything in the message of the gospel, the kingdom of God is near because Jesus has come near, the author of the scriptures, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And he's the one who is our central reference point for all of scripture. He is the interpretive center of all of scripture. He's the one who helps us understand the momentum and the weight and the direction of all of it because he authors all of it. So I pray that that was really rich time for you this last week as you went through the practices every day And uh, this week, we're in this chapter where we learn that Jesus spent time alone. Now, as you you read the chapter, you're going to see that there was a natural rhythm, this back and forth rhythm that Jesus had. He was with the crowds. He was with his disciples. And then he was with his father. He had carved out time to be literally alone in that culture. Uh, Luke 5.16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I don't know if lonely is the best uh, translation of that word, but this idea that he went out to be isolated. Jesus found it necessary to carve out discreet um, alone time to be with his Father. Now, this is different from Jesus prayed, because Jesus prayed, obviously we pray alone, we pray with other people, we pray at church, we pray in community, we pray with our kids, we pray at meals. Those are all wonderful ways, but if Jesus found it necessary to carve out this distinct time where he was in silence and solitude with his heavenly father, it kind of behooves you and I to do the same kind of thing as we are modeling our lives in every way that we can after him. Jesus had this rhythm. He went away with the crowds. He went away to the wilderness to pray. And so we see this wonderful rhythm and silence and solitude can be very revealing in first century Palestine, there's no Netflix, there's no radio, no TV, no magazines, no internet, <laughs> the very little printed material, um, no airplanes, you know, no ex- this, like, extraneous noise that we're so used to, the hum of civilization the way you and I know it in our everyday lives was absent. So when you went away to be still, when you went away to be silent, there's no notifications popping up on your phone. It's just you and God and the wilderness and the living creatures that are out there. Can you imagine how deafening the silence must have been? Maybe that's terrifying for you. Maybe that's exciting for you. This idea that you could be that detached from all of the electric noise that constantly clutters our lives. But Jesus found this time, and you and I can find this time too. And for some people who are maybe more extroverted, this could be really, really difficult. And for some people like me, <laughs> who's not as extroverted, uh, I find it to be really um, refreshing. You know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He leaves me beside the still waters. He makes me lie down in green pa- pastures. He restores my soul. I find it really restorative. To kind of get away, and not just to be silent, not just to be alone, but to be with Him. See, you're not alone. Jesus wasn't alone. That's why I kind of object to lonely places. Maybe it's lonely for everybody else, but for Jesus, He was very much in the presence of His Heavenly Father. And for you and I, we are very much in fellowship with the Spirit of God. And as we quiet our souls, we quiet our minds, and we, we push aside the noise and the clutter of everything, we get into the place where maybe, just maybe, we start to hear the still small voice of our Heavenly Father, who knows your heart, He knows your story, He knows your journey, He knows your struggles, He knows your victories, and He has more in life for you than you have previously known as you plumb the depths of your relationship with Him. Just as we talked about with Scripture, this, what we're doing is we're cultivating a real relationship, a coming and going practical relationship with God. We are talking to God about what we are doing together. And so as we, we seek Him in Scripture, we seek Him in the silence, in the solitude, we clear the table for nothing else but an appointment with the boss, with an appointment With our father and so that's the challenge for you and i sometimes it's it's hard to carve out that space it's really difficult to just be still to just have nothing else going on some people find that actually a little bit frightening right because you're really alone with your own thoughts it's very revealing what are the things that surface in your heart that surface in your character when the clutter is gone When all the extraneous external voices are no longer shouting at you, what is it that you hear? Who are you really just between you and God? And maybe the most beautiful revealing thing about that is you realize you're not hiding anything from God. (laughs) You're not concealing anything. It is all bare before him all the time. But perhaps in the silence and the solitude, we become more cognizant of that. We become more conscious and aware of who we are. Who he is and what has he done. So um, Jesus He he goes away overnight and he prays in the wilderness. And the next day he comes back and he picks the 12 apostles out of his perhaps hundreds of disciples that were following him. He found it necessary before a big important decision like that to have an extended period of time with his father. After the death of his cousin John the Baptist, he goes away. To uh to the wilderness to pray to be qu- quiet to be still, and I don't know why he would he would need to do to go away and to grieve the loss of his cousin, but scripture is very clear that this is what he did. Even when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, <laughs> uh, at his last night with his apostles, he had spent time with them in the upper room. He'd sort of redefined what the Passover meal would be like for them. Then he goes to Gethsemane, which uh, scholars would say it was probably a place he frequented quite a bit to go and pray. And then he says to the three who were close to him, You guys wait here, and I'm going to go over there and pray. Now, you think he could have invited them to go with him. They could have been right by his side as he was praying to his heavenly father. But he said, No, I want you to wait here while I go and be alone to pray. And then he comes three times before his father, submitting a request. And he did not get the answer that he seems to have wanted. But Jesus models this for us over and over again. And even Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the fully God and fully man, we don't really know how much he understood, how much he knew, how much was revealed to him. But we, I believe that he, he knew the weight of what was happening. Even back when John the Baptist was killed, when his cousin was killed, you see, John was kind of like the last of the old school, Old Testament prophets. He was sort of the last of that breed of guys like uh, Elisha and Elijah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah. And Jesus has the utmost respect. He says, and men, uh, men born of women, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. And I think, this is just me, me guessing, is that when John was gone, it was sort of like the, the momentum was moving towards the cross. You saw the flywheel moving faster and faster, and Jesus knew it was the end of the old era, the end of the old covenant, with the death of his cousin. And history is racing forward towards the cross, which was going to initiate a new covenant. Jesus knew the weight of this, the weight of the change, the weight of the challenge And I imagine just as he experienced the anxiety in the garden, he knew what was coming and he knew what his mission was going to be. I don't know if there's a good analogy for this. I think if if you were to go to your family and say, okay, tomorrow we're going to get on a rocket ship and we're going to go to Mars and we're never coming back. (laughs) It's never going to be the same. You're leaving behind everything that was familiar, everything that you knew, everything that was sort of a point of reference for you is going to be left behind. And we're going into a new future. We're going to a new World. This is what Jesus was doing for us. He was the first one to pioneer the faith, the first one to step forward into a new covenant, a new arrangement with God where it wasn't going to be just for the Jews. It wasn't just the Old Testament's prophets speaking about a coming Messiah for the Jews. This is going to open up a new arrangement with God for everyone Jew, Gentile. Everyone was going to have the kingdom accessible to them, the kingdom where Jesus is the king, and the way into his kingdom is through Jesus himself. This is an enormous shift, an enormous change. I don't know if we, you and I, can understand the gravity and the weight of that and what was going to have to occur for this change to occur. The cosmic struggle that Jesus faced when he met with, satan in the wilderness and was tempted the huge weight of the change of god's arrangement with humanity that's going to happen at the cross and an empty tomb and the era of the church that would be initiated in the second chapter of acts Now, maybe you've been a Christ follower for a long time and the things I'm talking about sound really familiar and maybe you're kind of new to your faith. And so uh, forgive me for speaking um, with maybe some assumptions about the things that you understand. But here's what I would say is Jesus made a way for all of us to come into relationship with God through his work. He set it up so that his world his kingdom, his goodness, the character of his kingdom, of love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and faith, and hope would be available to everyone. If you want that life in him, you can have it. And if you don't want that life in him, the source of life, you're not forced into that relationship. Love isn't coerced or manipulated. Love is offered. Forgiveness is offered, and Jesus made the way to have those offers accessible to all of us. So that's a little bit of a digression (laughs) from Jesus spent time alone, but Jesus did spend time alone. And if he needed it, it's fair to say that you and I need it. So carve out some time, make an appointment with the boss, make a sacred space and a sacred time for you to be alone for some extended time as you walk through this season of hero worship and i would love to hear from all of you if it's if you have the wherewithal to do this you can email me with questions or thoughts anytime you can email me troy at troy m as in mark kennedy.com um i would ask you to consider leaving a review on amazon for the hero worship book apparently that that is really helpful to put it in front of more people and, he, and here's what i would say i'm not saying that this is the greatest book ever written on the topic I'm sure that it isn't, but here's what I know is if someone will journey through hero worship the way it is intended as a way to get to know Jesus, to say, here I am, I want to be like you. I know that I know that it will be helpful to them. And if you think it would be helpful to someone else, pass it along to someone else, invite them into that journey with you. And point them to this podcast, point them to my website, point them to the book on Amazon. But whatever you do, let's let's all together learn what it is to journey closer to Jesus and become more like Him and let Him work out His goodness, His plans, and His character in and through and beyond us in ways we never would have imagined. So next week, the chapter is Jesus Slowed Down. And that will be interesting one for you if you've never... Uh, observe the practice of slowing down the way Jesus did for all. Apparently, to according to the disciples and the Pharisees, he slowed down for all the wrong people. We'll unpack that just a little bit next week. In the meantime, God bless you on your journey with the Savior, and I'll talk to you next time in hero worship.